0: You're listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A labor dispute has halted 150 road construction projects here in Michigan, including the work that is supposed to be going on on 696 and on I 75. Imagine. What that is doing to delay traffic uh, relief that uh, commuters are expecting here. With cool weather right around the corner, finishing some of these projects this year could become difficult as concrete can't set in cold temperatures. And with the clock ticking on major projects, Governor Rick Snyder has started to get involved, hoping to speed up the process of settling this labor dispute and getting people back to work joining us now to talk more about what is going on on the roads is chad livengood he's a reporter with crane's detroit business chad welcome to detroit today
1: thanks for having me Stephen.
0: yes uh let's talk about what the labor dispute here is about and why it sort of cropped up now and is stopping
1: ongoing projects well, essentially, the operating engineer, operating engineers local twenty four and uh, one twenty four, and the um, MITA, uh, which stands the Road Builders Michigan Infrastructure and Transportation Association, have been in contract negotiations uh, all earlier this year. And those negotiations broke down; their contract expired on the first of June, and they broke off uh, talks. And they these two sides have basically not talked since. Um, and both sides say that basically they were trying to. To you know, shove a contract on each other. Um, mm. Essentially, the road builders said they offered basically eight dollar an hour increase over five uh, five year contracts. So two dollars each year for the first three years, and then a dollar each. Uh, in the final t- uh, two years of the contract and the uh, operating engineers who are basically heavy equipment operators. They run the cranes, they run the big uh, front end loaders, they run the, the paving asphalt machines and, and the concrete machines. Uh, they do most of the work uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to essentially building roads. Um, they um, they held out. Uh, there was a lot of uh, some back and forth tactics all summer long. Uh, the uh, road construction companies uh, cu- accused the union of essentially Encouraging their members to to leave certain companies and go work for other companies, um, and and that was causing. Uh, labor shortages and the height of the road construction season, and at the same time, um, there's already a shortage uh, in in workers. They yeah. said they said the union was holding up apprentices. They needed apprentices to fill. Uh, so there was a lot of back and forth here, and essentially the labor union, or the, excuse me, the the contractors that voted to to uh, start a lockout uh, and lock these uh, workers out uh, right after Labor Day. And now we're two weeks into this, and at this point, there's no no uh, you know uh, foreseeable um conclusion to this and and we just burned through two good weeks in September with you know pretty good weather for mm-hmm. for building roads yeah uh, how
0: critical is this to projects like 696 and uh, i75 Given the coming weather and given the critical sort of nature of those roads to lots and lots of commutes. Are yeah. If,
1: if you um, if you are trying to drive westbound six ninety six, uh, it is it is difficult mm-hmm. to, and so you can't do it right now. So you have to take uh, eleven mile or eight mile or ten mile or twelve mile, um, and and those roads aren't exactly all all that great to drive mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So um, it is is definitely snarled traffic. And and, and it's definitely this is definitely going to have an effect. I mean, that six ninety six project was already a couple of weeks behind based on their on their stated schedule. So you know, th- that their schedule was to get done basically by Thanksgiving. So now we're pushing into December, and yeah, it gets tougher and tougher to to do and you have uh, you have these projects you have you have con- you know concrete open and roads that are open I, I was just driving down 696 the section that that is open yesterday and there's this open seam and you, you got to think about you know eventually that that has to be filled um, mm-hmm. because the water gets in there and, and the elements get in there and that could actually damage the road so there's so there's a there's a time element here that is critical and uh, at the same time there's 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 no shortage of work still to be done and some some contractors tried to go out and hire non-union workers, or they tried to find them from out of state. But there's a shortage everywhere um, in, in these kind of uh, positions. So you know, these aren't these are high, highly trained people to operate a crane or or a front end loader. So that's yeah. not exactly something you can just fill off the street. Right. Right. Um, how long do we think this is going to last? Uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, the governor is trying to get involved, but um, you know. Uh, you know, not to besmirch the governor. He's a lame duck governor. He's, he's doesn't have a ton of power here, uh, and I don't I don't find any Democrats uh, telling the union they need to get back in the game, um, and so you know, it, it, there's not a lot of political motivation it seems, um, and the you know, both sides are really dug in here. Hmm,
0: hmm. Uh, this is Detroit today on 101.9 WDET. Uh, I'm Steven Henderson, and my guest is Chad Livengood, a reporter. Crane's Detroit Business. We are talking about the labor dispute that has halted a lot of construction projects, road construction projects around the state, especially uh, of interest to us here in Southeast Michigan. That means there's no work going on on 696 right now, where uh, the westbound um, uh, lanes had been under construction uh, for. Uh, for some time, uh, it also means no construction going on on I-75 with the cool weather right around the corner. What does this mean for the condition of the roads uh, in this coming winter and, of course, next spring when things thaw? Again, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. If you noticed uh, this kind of uh, the, the the disruption of this work, also talk to us about what you think we ought to be doing with road funding to make sure that uh, roads are in better condition that they are in. Now, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Chad, uh, Governor Snyder says he is going to get involved in this, try to break up the log jam.
1: How successful will he be? I don't know. It's hard to tell, but th- there is, um, you know, this is not just a Detroit or Metro Detroit issue. There, uh, there are there are several projects around the state. All over the, at the state. yeah. One hundred and sixty-one projects. One big one is there's a replacement of the of the bridge over the Escanaba River, mm-hmm. up in the Upper Peninsula. That's a big project up there. And it, talk about timing. Um, their winter comes a, a lot earlier than our winter does down here in Detroit, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so that there's um, there's definitely a, a timing uh, that uh, th- they need to, to speed up to get that project finished. And then there's all kinds of, of local road projects in Detroit that are that are hanged up in, in this whole thing. So uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot of time here really to uh, to do much, and we'll have to sort of see what you know, what, what negotiation power the governor has. Uh, to try to get both sides to to um, to come to a resolution. but yeah. right now the union just says they don't want to talk with this with Mita. They don't want they want to negotiate directly with with the individual companies. Mm-hmm. The individual companies are sticking to they want to use their association to to negotiate this contract
0: and And if the governor can't get this going, then what's the? I guess what's the, the the hope for someone else to be able to do it? Is there is there another sort of mechanism that that might shake this loose?
1: It, you could possibly see a, a potential someone take someone to court here mm-hmm. and tries to force negotiations. Uh, that would seem like it would get pretty darn messy, pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. uh, or challenge the legality of the lo- of the labor lockout. That's mm-hmm. what the governor is kind of looking at, and asking the attorney general to review and see whether. The, these uh, this lockout is is in fact legal in the way it's been um, been executed because these workers are not getting paid and and they and according to to MITA the workers can't file for unemployment during this lockout. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is not a strike. This is not um, this is not a layoff. Uh, this is simply they are um, locked out from the uh, from from the job site under under federal labor law. Yeah.
0: Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number. On the phones, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We will try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Daniel in Detroit. Daniel, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Mm-hmm. Every time every time you guys talk about roads, I try to call in and ask this question. Uh, okay. There, there's a stretch of road. Uh, I-75, south of the 94. Uh, Yes. Uh, Daniel, now I recognize you. (laughs) The German recipe for concrete. It's been there since the early 90s, -hmm. and it's perfect. Yeah, it's like glass. (laughs) Every single time I drive through there, I inspect it. There hasn't been a repair. There hasn't been a crack, not a pothole, nothing. Why are we use Why aren't we using that recipe on all of our roads, <laughs> Daniel? I again, I I, I totally recognize uh, you from your question. I know that you call and and remind me of this each time. And of course, now when I'm driving that stretch of road, I'm thinking the same thing. This is uh, really nice, and it's in really great shape. And why aren't we using that recipe everywhere else? I think I know the answer though, and it's it's got to do with money. I mean, it's very expensive to build a road that way, and if we were to try to do that statewide, we would need a different way to raise money for the roads. Is that right, Chad? Leibold? Yeah,
1: and that that's that's the main thing it comes down to. And there is some pressure from the legislature to do more um of these advanced technologies uh, that that may be more expensive up front but it's it's a balancing act the legislature says they want it and then they and then they don't want to pay for it uh, mm-hmm. uh or in, in full so and and put it where it needs to be in these heavily trafficked uh, interstates and and some of our mile roads uh, could certainly use it. I mean, just look at some of the. Um, there's there's something called um, uh, concrete cancer out there that basically is that's what this was referred to by some of the contractors uh, for some of these suburban uh, mile roads uh, that were built in the 70s and 80s uh, that uh, they just intentionally been just kind of crumbling at the seams uh, for years mm-hmm. and they. You know, pop patched them up with with uh, asphalt, and and that just makes it worse. Uh, and so th- that's that's definitely um, a discussion point out there that never goes away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, uh, thanks very much for the call, there, Daniel. And keep calling in and reminding us of that. Maybe it'll have some effect at some point on uh, the people who are in charge of these decisions, and uh, we'll get to a place where we can have more of that road. Around the state. Uh, I want to switch gears here, Chad, for a bit and talk about another headline that we saw recently. The Crown Plaza Hotel chain has decided to pull a project that was planned here in Detroit. Crown Plaza, of course, owns the old. Puncha Train uh, Hotel uh, in downtown Detroit. Tell us what's going on here.
1: So the, the owners, uh, this is a, a, the the hotel is owned by a, a European and and Mexican uh, ownership investment group. They bought the hotel out of bankruptcy, and they. Opened it um, back in July, uh, July seventeenth, two thousand thirteen, the day before Detroit filed for bankruptcy, and now they wanted to build a second tower, twenty-eight stories tall, five hundred rooms, um, to be right adjacent to the existing hotel. This was actually envisioned in the early sixties when they when they first developed this hotel. City council has now twice rejected it. They've been holding up the the, um, pro- the project for nine months uh, mm-hmm. since it was submitted. Um they've rejected it over a bunch of different reasons 3-year-old um, uh, complaints of a bed bug issue in the hotel mm. that uh, they've certified as not uh, not there currently um they've they've complained about the treatment of workers they've complained about the Yelp reviews um uh, and then last week They actually just came out and said it. Uh, um, uh, Raquel uh, Castaneda-Lopez came out and said, why haven't you not signed a neutrality agreement with the union to to unionize the hospitality workers? Mm -hmm. Uh, Janae Ayers, the uh, city councilwoman... She used to work at um, Unite here, at Local 24, um, and was involved in trying to organize a union there back in 2014 before she joined city council. And and it, it, the union vote there failed um, by a wide margin. And and so there's been some pressure on to try to get the hotel owners to essentially agree to stand pat and be neutral on a union organizing there. They refused to do that. And uh, city council members seems to really mostly, most of their vote seems to be about about this union. They've they brought up a lot, a lot of different reasons with the customer service and such, mm-hmm. um, but but this this union thing seems to be really what's driving that. And so they've decided to pull their investment. We're talking about a hundred and sixty four million dollar hotel, um, and they were not going to ask for a single tax break, right. um, which is kind of remarkable in the in, in this era right now downtown sure. um, and. And they're also trying to sort of um, do, do two things that we, we seem to want. Uh, we we just got told by the NCAA that we don't have enough hotel rooms, uh, hotels over 400 rooms. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of bo- nice boutique hotels in a 200-room range, but not enough over 400. So that was one checkbox. And the other thing is we've we've continued to talk about how we want more f- outside investment in Detroit. We don't, w- don't want to be reliant upon the same three or four billionaires um, uh, to, to finance the revitalization. Here's you know foreign investment in detroit um, uh, a hotel operator who took a chance on a uh, on a hotel you know when they bought it in 2012 it you know wasn't exactly like a safe bet um, but now they're trying to you know put some more money into their hotel and they'll also buy, build a new one in and they've been, uh, you know, stymied at City Council. They decided to basically pull it because they feel like City Council members are basically been defaming their business. You start talking about bed bugs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that mm-hmm. that's like the uh, that's uh, that's a scarlet scarlet A for for hotel operators. Yeah. So um, they've um, they decided to pull the project, and um, and they're going to uh, potentially uh, invest in hotels in San Diego and Houston instead. Yeah. Uh,
0: this is a site that seems to me it, like it confounds Detroit and has for some time. I mean, that's a really important uh, architectural uh, structure there the, the the old Pontchartrain Hotel. It it just has never found its footing either in the old Detroit, which where people were running away from, uh, or in the new Detroit that people are running to. It, it there's there's something about. I don't know, is it that building, is it that site Uh, that, that just can't find traction?
1: It's changed owners multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, been in a couple of different bankruptcies. You might recall Charles Keating of the Keating Five sure. w- w- once owned it, um, and so it, it is. Um, it, it's had it's just had a lot of uh, uh, problems, and it was almost seems cursed uh, at, at times. Uh, and and yeah, they're they're trying to you know trying to fill a gap in, on the on the riverfront where uh, we need more hotels and we need. More hotels in adjacent to the convention center. This is a big thing that the Kobo struggles with all the time, um, and 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 so and you have to wonder also what was going. There might be something else going on here that we have haven't quite seen yet. Mayor Mike Duggan was sort of uh, conspicuously uh, kind of absent in this whole debate and and deci- and neutral. And uh, his 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 um, uh, administration said they were neutral. They wouldn't attest to it um, at, a, at a council meetings. And council members seemed to use that as covered in some in some ways that uh, well the mayor's not behind it so I'm not behind it yeah. um, and um, and so that there was there was an element there you have to kind of wonder if there's something else going on and maybe this has something to do with a larger talk about what we do with our riverfront and right. um, and, and we, especially with Joe Lewis arena on the west side of Cobo um, that has to get torn down conceivably that is a good spot for a good convention hotel as well right um, so maybe there's a bigger plan here at, at, at and to, to basically basically, you know, reject this one and, huh. and uh, wait for another one. But we haven't quite got a real clear signal from anybody. And um,
0: and it's one of the creditors that has control of that. Uh, Joe Lewis says it's in Cora? FIDGIC, Financial
1: right. Guarantee Insurance Corporation, they, uh, the, the and the uh, insurers who insured uh, the uh, really bad pension bond debt uh, mm-hmm. that the Kilpatrick administration took out, they they got stuck with uh, Joe Arena as their consolation prize uh, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the uh, bankruptcy uh, negotiations.
0: Yeah. Uh, how much does this have to do with the idea uh, of council trying to stand up to businesses? Uh, there's this narrative that's still sort of going on, a tense narrative in the city about, Who's in control of what happens, and who ought to get what uh, for what they're doing? Is this about the council saying business can't just uh, come in here and push us around?
1: Yeah, there's definitely an element that uh, council members in now in their second term, now free of state control, mm-hmm. um, second term of the of the mayor as well, that they basically want to kind of you know reassert a little bit of muscle here and uh, and and not not get run roughshod. Now, the, the interesting element to that is. They reject a hotel project with no tax credits mm-hmm. or, or, or tax breaks, and in the next couple of weeks, they're going to be asked to give Ford Motor Company $104 million in tax breaks for its train station and rehab in Corktown project. Um, and so – it depends on basically who is it uh, that's coming uh, and asking, and and that, that's not guaranteed that that's going to happen. But um, uh, the Duggan administration seems to be focused more on trying to get that project through. They've also got um, um, some some tax breaks coming for the Brewster uh, development that Dan Gilbert uh, is is pursuing mm-hmm. uh, for for um, h- hundreds of new housing units uh, in in the old uh, Brewster projects area, and, and and that build out of Brush Park and, and some to the to the west of there so there's there's a lot of um, pressure coming on city council and then you see more and more city councils trying to sort of exert some more uh, control uh, today um, council president pro tem Mary Sheffield is going to uh, lay out a people's plan in a press conference at 10 o'clock and mm-hmm. a couple different uh, um, er, uh, different areas but one of them is is a mandatory Fifty-one percent work requirement yes. for Detroiters on construction projects. Back at the Little Caesars Arena, that only had twenty-six percent of the hours worked were done by Detroiters. So this is a this is definitely a push to try to get more inclusive uh, inclusive recovery uh, and revitalization for mm-hmm. Detroiters, mm-hmm. and not just let businesses kind of uh, run over. But again, it, it well, we're going to see, especially with Ford, um, whether whether this is a an even um, application of, of, of scrutiny. Yeah.
0: Okay. Chad Live and
1: Good, reporter with Crane's Detroit Business. Always great
0: to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk about recent polling that shows Democrats could feel pretty confident heading into the fall campaign and the midterm elections in November. But how much stock should Republicans be putting in it? Matt Marsden, former GOP spokesperson, will be here to talk about it. Stay with us on Detroit Today.